Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Travel and Tourism Podcast, my first season. Very special guest today. Why special? Well, he's from Montreal, just like me. Very, very nice guy. He uh, was a chief of sport and went on to be a leisure service manager. He's currently a hotel manager in Paris. And yes, we're going to talk about that as well. But his first season was in 1996 in Punta Cana as a boutique geo. Please help me welcome to the podcast, Steve Wiebe. Hey, Steve, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Greg. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thank you for uh, for agreeing to come on, sharing your your very very interesting story with us. Because uh, as you know, I usually ask guests to supply me with a breakdown of the villages they worked, and uh, you have some very interesting villages. And I noticed, or we noticed, that the villages you worked at, uh, a lot of them closed. So I don't know if this is uh, yeah <laughs> a thing. It's got not, nothing to do with me. Nothing to no. do with me. It's no. just uh, you know, it just happened. Yeah, because I, I noticed you worked at uh, Haiti. You worked at Club Med One. Yes, Baradero. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Cre- Crested Butte. Uh, tell the me, curse. Is, uh, Gerba, is Gerba Ladus still open? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's still open. Okay, good, good. That good. one's still open. All right. So uh, you know how we do. It, it, uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I said it survived. It survived my my my. Uh, okay. My so, seasons. So the curse. <laughs> the curse is broken. Okay. The curse. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like you did supply some also some good information. It was like growing up. So you said that you did a lot of dance and you were you were a singer in a rock group. Now, I, mm-hmm. can I know the, can I know the name of this rock group because I love the names. <laughs> it, it was called In Order. In Order. Okay. So yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. Not okay. New Order, but In Order. It was I, like uh, yeah, ooh, at I love, the time. I love New Order. Yeah. Okay, In Order. Now, when did you know you could sing? Because a lot of us can't. So when did you know you could sing? Oh, I sang when uh, when I was a kid. I uh, very very. Uh, I have two brothers, two sisters, and we lived in a small apartment in Montreal uh, with my mom. My dad died when I was very young, and I didn't have my own room for a while. So I was sleeping on uh, on uh, on a couch and uh, a bed in the couch, and I would sleep with the radio on, and I would listen to American Top Forty. You know oh. that, that that famous show Casey from Kasem? the United States. Yeah, Casey Kasem, you know him. Yeah, and uh, and I would listen to all the songs, uh, and I would fall asleep uh, with with the music, and I would just uh, remember the lyrics and sing, and and I grew up singing that way. I just uh, learned all the songs from everything. <laughs> now, what was your uh, what were the main songs you sang in in uh, in the group in order? What kind of rock was it? What, what did you? Uh, it was like, um, well, it was the eighties. You got to yes. keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, we were seeing like uh, in excess type in excess type of rock and we were writing songs basically oh, really? it, it sounded a little bit like a, it's, it's rock but with a little pop little pop bass and it's like a, a, a it was a like a jazz drummer with a almost dance pop bass and heavy guitar <laughs> okay. that was the mix yeah and you played guitar as well a little bit. I learned. I learned because okay. I wasn't happy with sometimes with some of the writings, and uh, I would uh, I would pick up the guitar and I said, oh, I can do that." And I learned a few chords enough to uh, to write a song or two, and uh, yeah, that, that 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 was fun. What, uh, what what sports did you play growing up? Not that many, actually. I played a little bit of hockey, of course, when I was young. I didn't do a lot of sports. I I, I took up dancing. Uh, I did I did jazz, classical, and tap dance. Believe it or not, when wow, I was, the, uh, 
<laughs> the, chore the choreographers must have loved you, boy, when you showed up, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't say anything. I was too shy. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the one that's. Oh, I know how to do that, you know, and put myself forward. But uh, it was. Yeah, it was. It was kind of easy sometimes, you know, like uh, learning the uh, the choreography. That was definitely a big help in uh, in Club Med. But I, I never said anything to anybody. I never said, "Oh, I know how to do this and that," you know. And, I just wanted to keep, that's, you know, I was, I was shy. <laughs> that's smart. No, no, that's smart. I, I just pretended I didn't know how as the years went on, you know, but they never, they were never fooled yeah. really, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I learned from your interview. Yeah. That was funny. Okay. So, <laughs> so, okay. So you're, I guess you were, you were working in Montreal. Now, how did you uh, find out about like Club Med or the first time you heard about Club Med? How did you, how did you know about oh, it? Uh, I was 18 years old at the time, and uh, I was uh, working in a movie theater. I was a, hush, a husher, that's what you call them. People, but yeah. I don't think they have those anymore. But uh, I would sit people, and I, I saved enough money, and I said, okay, well, I want to go on vacation somewhere. And I went to the travel agency, and I said, well, listen, I'm 18 years old, and uh, I want to go to a place, and I want it. I don't want to have to worry about food and that sort of thing. Uh, and she said, well, you know, there's this thing called Clamed, and I think it'd be great for you. Uh, you're young. You can do a lot of sports. You can do a lot of different things. And I said, oh, sure, why not? So I, I went to Clamed on vacation for uh, one week, and that was Clamed Cancun, actually. Oh wow! Uh, way back when, yeah. Way like what, back what, when. what? What year around? So if you started in '96, what year would you have gone on vacation? Uh, I was 18, so you, I, I have to count. But early, <laughs> I guess early '90s, yeah. right? Uh oh, before that. Okay. Way before that. Wow. Yeah, and uh, in the '80s, I, back then you used to uh, share the room. I was sharing my room with a. Uh, an American guy who was a tennisman who would get up at five in the morning and go jogging and do a lot of sports. But by eight, he didn't drink any alcohol. By eight, he'd be in bed and that sort of thing. And that, that, was, that was unusual because we didn't have the same schedule. <laughs> do, you, do you remember who the uh, chief of village was at all or no? No, I don't remember okay. at all. So I, I remember some buff guy in a perio, blonde hair, and I don't remember who that was. Okay. Now, do you... So how many years passed between, like, I, I don't know if at the time you said, hey, I want to work here, but how many years passed from the time that you went on vacation to applying to Clement? 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And yeah, then what, 10 what years. Because you... I, I, I always kept it in the back of my mind because when I left the, the, the club, you know, like I was a GM and I was, uh, I was part of everything. Like I uh, remember the Olympics, uh, I did the Olympics, I did the Sandcastle contest and everything. And, you know, it's, you, you become one of those, person the, the the gms that that everybody knows in the village and uh i was very shy very skinny and, and very awkward at the time and in the um and I, I remember the geo said why don't you come and work uh, and i said nah you know i said i didn't think i could do it i said nah 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 but i kept it in the back of my mind and eventually uh, i thought about it when i i saw that they were recruiting uh, about 10 years later and i said yeah let's give it a shot now, did you have your interview in Montreal? Yes, I had my interview in Montreal. Yes, uh, don't it was I think it was in a Sheraton Hotel or something like that. I don't okay. exactly remember much of it, but yeah. yeah. Oh, so you don't know if they like made you tell a joke or do crazy signs on stage? Or Nothing anything? like that. No, I remember they just interviewed me and uh, checked my background and uh, and I, I fit the part. I think I, at the time I, I was I, I just finished. Uh, my rock band period. I had long hair, but I cut it like kind of short, even very trendy, blonde. And he said, "Oh, you would fit in, you know, you would fit in somewhere." And 
I don't know. Just basic interview. I remember that. They didn't make me dance or do anything special. There was a lot of people. That's all I remember. And uh, I, I was applying, mind you, for a boutique at the time. So, you know, guys at the boutique, there wasn't that many. So that was maybe something that attracted them to say, what? oh, we'll put this guy in a boutique. Was that because, like like me, were you just really basically happy to do any job just to get in? Because I was kind of like that when, <laughs> when I applied. I didn't really care where they where they put me. Was is that why you you applied that way? No, no, not actually. Because I was working in Montreal uh, mm-hmm. while I was in a rock band, and all you know, you got to pay for uh, rentals, for equipment, for everything. And um, I, I was living in downtown Montreal, hanging out at bars and and working during the day as a uh, boutique manager. I, uh, I was a, I opened a boutique, uh, maybe uh, name it, not name it, but uh, Neon Stores on St. Catherine Street. And uh, and I opened boutique for him and uh, for the guy that, that, that ran this place. I became a really, really good salesman and manager and uh, opened a boutique in Kingston. And and I was sort of, uh, uh, you know, I took it to, to the level where there was nothing much more for me to do uh, with that. And I said, okay, you know, and basically I was, uh, when you were in Montreal and you do that and I would see the same 10 people all the time, you know, you get up in the morning, it's like the routine, you know, you get up, uh, you have your breakfast, you stop, I would stop at the Starbucks, see the same person there, buy my coffee, go to work, finish my work, see the same 10 people. And I was like, there's got to be more to it than, than, than just these 10 people. You know, the, the world is so big. And that's when I got the idea. I said, you know, I'll sell all my stuff and I'll just go and travel. And I said, okay, that's it. I'm doing it. And I applied for Club Med and, uh, and they called me. <laughs> now, yeah. So how much time elapsed from the, your interview to they called you? Not too long, actually. Maybe uh, a couple of weeks. A couple okay. of weeks or something. So they, and they, they call said, you, yeah, you, tell you you're going to Punta Cana. Yep. Chief of Villages, Philippe uh, Fournier. Philippe Fournier, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do you and remember? Masha, what do you remember? Masha about? was his wife. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. What do, you, what do you remember about arriving? Do you remember anything about arriving that first week? Uh, the, the arrival, not so much. I was lost. I was lost in a, really when I said, wow, what a beautiful place. It's, it's stunning. You know, when you get there and you've never, well, I, I've been to Cancun and I said, okay, this is, this is different. This is, wow. And the ocean. I was like, I want to see the ocean. I want to see the ocean. And uh, being from Montreal with the snow, I want to see the ocean. Where's the ocean? And uh, I saw it and it was like so beautiful. It was just, uh, it was just stunning. And I said, okay, well, and I, I figured I got to work at the boutique. Fine, because that's what I do. I started reorganizing everything the way they work because they were not used to, uh, to uh, merchandising and that sort of thing. And I brought in a lot that, that made this boutique work. And worked really well with Masha and uh, got along with Philippe. It, it was the first season that, that I remember. I remember <laughs> my first week. I was in everything because you know they gave you the the, the famous programs where uh, yeah, you yes, to, uh, you yes, know the you, programs. You, you that, mentioned that you thought like you had to be every. This is hilarious because you thought you had to be yeah. everywhere, right? Like I had no idea. Nobody told me, so I was like, okay, I, you, you see nine o'clock uh, volleyball. So if I wasn't working, I said I got to be at nine o'clock volleyball. I didn't know how to play volleyball. And uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I went and I joined in and people were like, okay, come on in, you can play, you know, and then I learned. And uh, after that, okay, there's that. And there's everything that was, everything that was written on a program I would do. And I, I just, after maybe 10 days or so, I was, I was so exhausted. 
<laughs> I was so exhausted. I was, I was like, I, I, this is going to kill me. I said, I'm never going to be able to do this. I, I, I got to quit. I got to go back. And uh, eventually you learn that you don't have, somebody told me, I think, no, you don't have, I think it was Leslie Westbrook, uh, an archery geo, uh, that told me, she says, no, you don't have to be at everything all the time. You just do your job. And then every once in a while, if you want, you have spare time and you want to go and participate in certain things, you can. There you go. And, and you don't have to be everywhere all the time. And I started, you know, <laughs> taking time for myself to rest a little bit and, uh, and it went all better. And it was like, oh, this is enjoyable. This is great, actually. And, uh, I, but I, 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 got, I got used to being around people and being around the, the GMs and, uh, And I liked <laughs> reading the program and just, maybe I'm crazy, just going to uh, volleyballs and uh, petanque or whatever else, you know, tournament they had. Well, they probably thought yeah. you were a, a super geo because, you know, normally, you know, like a sports, a sports, uh, land sports person would be doing all this. So did everyone think like, wow, this is a first season geo. He's, he's everywhere. <laughs> did anyone say that to you? <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's what happened. <laughs> you know what? That's what happened. I, um, I was in, uh, I, I was at Philippe Fourigny and Masha, and Masha was like, she would put me in everything because I became very popular and I was sort of the extra member of the sports team in a way. Uh, you, uh, you hang out with the people from the sports team and not so much with the boutique show. And, uh, you, uh, you hang out with all the other people in the, in the village, all the other geos, and you become very popular and they say, wow. Uh, this guy, uh, he's in everything, and he, they put. They, that's where then they, they started to put me in the shows and and different things where uh, you had. Oh, uh, we'll put one boutique geo for uh, uh, this at night, and guess what? That was that's gonna be me. <laughs> so I, I I ended up in a lot of things, and uh, I don't regret. It, it was uh, you got to put yourself in danger. You got to put yourself uh, out on the line, and then you learn things. You know. I, one, one thing in particular in Club Med is to dress up as a, as a woman because they, they make, I don't know why it's a Club Med thing. You got to dress up as a woman if you're a guy at one point or another, you know, and they, uh, they made me do ABBA sketches and uh, it was funny. Oh, I, love that. I, was, I was a girl. <laughs> oh no, I, I did too, but I, I, I but I got yeah. tired of the, I, I was, had to do that too, but I, I didn't like the fact that they always like put, you know, like really, really mascara on our cheeks. I said, no, if I'm going to be a woman, yeah. I, I want to be the most beautiful woman. Don't make me up exactly. like, like a guy. Like exactly. clown. I don't want the clown makeup. <laughs> Make me pretty. Yeah. I, I, I would demand it. And then we would be fighting over the best dresses backstage, all the guys. <laughs> yeah. And those fishnets, those fishnets, Greg. Uh, I'm sure you look good in those fishnets. Uh, I did. I hate fishnets. Oh, God. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I put gotta, those on and I had better legs than some of the girls. They were kind of jealous, you know, because I'm really tall. So I, they said, yeah. oh, I wish I had your legs. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> now, now, how long were you at Punta Cana? Was it a six-month season for you? Yeah, that was uh, at, at the time they were six-month seasons. Yes. Okay. So, any uh, any funny appropriate stories happen to you like during that first season? Did you make any uh, other than the uh, the mistake about showing up at every activity, which is just uh, funny? Did you have anything else happen? Interesting. Interesting. In uh, no, basically the first season I was just discovering, so I didn't have okay. any uh, super funny stories that that happened later on in Club okay. Well, uh, as I, I got as I got used to uh, to the villages and uh, the village life, but uh, Punta Cana, I was just finding my way around, and I I remember the uh, there was also another Canadian guy. I can't put my name on him. It's a, it's a name on him is uh, when we showed up, 
he was a uh, circus geo, played the guitar, and I brought my guitar as well when I was in Club Med. So, uh, and we would just sometimes spend the evening on the beach playing guitar with GMs and all. And we became really good friends and we would go to the restaurants and it was, you know, a Club Med, it's a buffet. So we would take like three full plates of food, <laughs> you know, and him and me all the time. And the chief said, whoa they don't feed you in Canada? What's going on? You, you know, do you, how come you eat so much and you, you stay so thin? It's just, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. The first season, the, the buffet were really good. Yeah. <laughs> now I see, uh, yeah, you go to Magic Isle Haiti. Yeah. If I can just focus, uh, yeah, briefly on your your positive, your positive, uh, I guess, memories of that place. Because I, I did hear, I always hear it described as, as beautiful, right? That resort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the most uh, beautiful uh, resort I've ever been to. I mean, I think uh, I still have memory flashes of uh, of looking through the, uh, the uh, my room. I, I had a room that was like a GM's room, and uh, I had a view on the ocean, and it was just it, it's got a different feel to it. Like even the sunsets look different, and you have the water and the, the flying fish and just like uh, your story where you're windsurfing on the on the Red River, there, there was just the uh, there's just something special. That's why they called it Magic IT, I guess. It's just magic. There was something magical about this place. Okay. Now, again, so you're still in boutique. So, but at one point, like, are you learning how to sail during this time, or like on your spare time, are you learning how to sail yet? Nope. Nope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nope. we'll say, okay. We'll no. save that for Cuba because I noticed in Cuba you're doing two jobs. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So in um, 98, 99, you go to Veradero, Cuba. All right. Uh, what's that like? Because we've, we've only had really one person on that, that worked at Veradero. So the guests there, now you're Canadian, so you're allowed to go to Cuba. Yeah. Were, were there any American GMs there? American GOs? No. Nope. No, there were a lot of, a lot of Canadian CEO uh, and lots of locals, Cubans. Greg, who became my like my brother, he's a, he's a brother of mine, and uh, Giovanni and and all these people that I work with over there, it just uh, became like family. And uh, it's a it, it, it's a beautiful resort. I learned how to sail over there, and I had a, what made it really special was the uh, the chief of village. Chief oh. of village was Oreo Stern. Yes, yeah, I hear Did a lot you know of him. Yeah, I've heard of yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. Very nice Unfortunately, uh, he passed away, but uh, this guy was like, he, uh, it was something else. He was right. something else. I heard he was, he yeah, was like just, the life of the party and energetic, right? Energetic, the life of a party. Uh, he taught me kindness, how to be, um, uh, he was like a, a father at some point. We even had a difficult talk where, because uh, at, at one point I, he said, you know, he sat me in, um, in the theater after the show. He says, I want to talk to you. And he really... He opened his heart out to me and he talked to me as a person and said, you know, you could do so much better. You could do this, you could do that. I wish you'd work on this and that and, and take the mic and, and do different things. And, you know, I see so much potential in you. And he was just a, an awesome individual and he liked people. He generally liked people. Uh, he was respected by locals, by everybody. Uh, he's just an outstanding individual. It's one of those persons that, that, you know, they, they, they're like a flying star, you know, they just uh, go through your life and the, uh, it's, it's just light. He's it, just amazing. And uh, yeah, I miss him very much. Where, was 98.99 the opening or no? This was not the opening of the... No, this was not the opening. No, no, no. Okay. 
Okay. I've heard, uh, I've heard rumors about this village. Like there's so much swirling around now. Is it true? Did, or when you were there, did you hear about anyone like, um, like you weren't allowed to talk bad about the president of Cuba at the time? And that was, <laughs> I heard there was, okay. there, there was plain clothes. The well, well, yeah. Without yeah naming, I can, I can without, tell you without, the truth. Without naming names. You're not ready for the truth. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, you, uh, you can't uh, handle uh, the truth. Okay. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, you, uh, you, um, uh, uh, over there, it's the gaviota. Gaviota is uh, Spanish for uh, seagull, I guess. And the, uh, th- there's this nice seagull in, uh, in the sinking sun. That's the logo. And gaviota was uh, actually plumbed. Can't own the place over there. So they just sort of rented it out and under the supervision of gaviota. And gaviota, what really gaviota is, is the Cuban army without the uniform and they were just wearing a, a tie and a, a t-shirt and the chief of village it was like two chiefs the chief of gaviota and the chief of village and the chief of village was okay you manage uh, the, your people you do your thing but for anything that has to do with spending money or uh, or uh, food or arrival and all it's all handled by gaviota that part is handled by the by the army and there were cameras unusually <laughs> by the pool so I don't know if they were looking at people, you know, uh, but there, there was just, uh, and I, I hung around uh, with, with the GOs and I talked a lot with them and they said, well, you can't say anything, uh, anything, uh, anything bad about the government or anything like that because you might get in trouble, you know? And I've never seen personally somebody get in trouble for anything like that uh, while I was there. But I know uh, it was very, there was a lot of surveillance. And uh, they were to make they were going to make sure also at the beach that we had <laughs> we had to tie the boat uh, the security boat the motor and put it away take it away take it apart and put it in a in a box with a big lock so you know so people would come and steal it and try to go to the United wait, States wait, at night. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute! You're saying you had to remove you had to remove this every every day at the end of the day? Every day, yeah. Oh my God! Okay. Every day we had to remove it. How long How long did that take? Half an hour? Uh, we, we we only had a zodiac, so it's oh, pretty much okay. clipped, clipped on. You know what I mean? Like you gotta okay. clip it on, unclip it, but you gotta you gotta rinse it. We had a, a, a guy named Barracuda, uh, who was a local, and uh, he was Barracuda was on the beach, and he was uh, he would take care of that with us, but we would help him because this is quite heavy, and well, <laughs> put yeah. it in the uh, put it in the box, and then put uh, put the lock on it. You know, so it's uh, and then in the morning you have to put it back on. <laughs> so and it was just extra work. And you were dividing your time between the, the boutique and sailing, right? So I guess Cuba is where you officially learned how to yeah. sail? Yeah, that's where I learned. I learned everything when I was there. Okay. Uh, I moved, like I said, Oreo saw a lot of potential in me. I was at the boutique. But uh, he would do like these things, these crazy signs, Brazilian crazy signs for a half an hour or something or 40 minutes, you know, uh, under the sun and all. It was just crazy. And uh, I always want to uh, said, you know what? I'll follow him anywhere because he, he's got such charisma and I, w- I would be with him next to him on stage and doing it and he says you know i see you uh you, you should be next season you come back because i stayed two seasons and he said come back you're going to be uh, sailing i'm going to put you at sailing i said but i don't know how to sail i can barely swim i don't care i don't care you're going to be at sailing i said okay so what i did is i took a uh back then we didn't have internet so much uh i took uh one of the books from uh ob cats that i found in a sailing shack and I learned every like every piece of equipment, like what it's used for, how it's uh, the rudder. This is the rudder. It's attached to this bar. That's called that. And the sail, it's called that. And, you know, and all the terms. And I learned how to sail from that book. 
And from also, I had an awesome uh, cheaper selling. His name was Stefan, a French guy. And uh, Greg, Greg was uh, working. Uh, Greg was, <laughs> he's a Greek sculptor, uh, tall guy, Cuban. Yes, uh, yes. Mu Very muscular. It's just, uh, you know, all the women would go, wow, when they saw him. And uh, always in a speedo. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. He pulls it off, right, Greg? I mean, I, I, yeah, I he pulls it off. I mean, when you, have, <laughs> when you have that body, you, you pull it off. You know, yeah, you yeah. can pull it off. And well, well, Greg wait, uh, was, uh, yeah. Sorry, go, go, ahead, sorry. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Greg, Greg was working with me at the beach, and uh, I learned how to sell. At first, I was doing uh, also Pepe. I don't know if you know Pepe. I've heard uh, of him. Yeah. He's a Mexican and the uh, older guy, and the uh, awesome, awesome, just awesome geo, and he taught me a lot. And we would just have crazy, crazy days. And I would, at first, I would just take people for rides. And I quickly learned how to sell, and I realized that I became really, really, really good at it. <laughs> and I sailed in storms and all kinds of weather in Cuba. And uh, I was giving lessons, and uh, you got to be careful because uh, you got the beach is in between two uh, cliffs, uh, like rocks, huge rocks, cliffs. And if you don't, you know, if you uh, if you don't, you're not careful when you're coming back, you might drift. <laughs> towards those slip and just crash the boat. And uh, yeah, no, that that never happened. But yeah, it, uh, I got scared a couple of times. <laughs> well, speaking of scared, speaking of scared, and you mentioned earlier you would follow Oreo Stern anywhere, and you did. You followed him jumping out of a perfectly good airplane in Veradero, right? <laughs> yeah. So is this yeah. the first time you went skydiving? Uh, yes. So, okay, <laughs> so... Well, how did you like? Because I, I, you know, I've, I've gone skydiving. So, I think skydiving is really a mind, a mind thing. It messes with your mind. So, were you nervous uh, right up until the moment you had to jump, or were you just nervous all the way? That was actually my second time. At one one time oh, I did okay. it. I was in Mon when I was in Montreal. Mm -hmm. uh, was uh, I was hanging out with some friends that worked in a bar, and we closed the bar at six a.m. We we're really drunk, and they said, "Oh, let's go skydiving." I said, "Oh, okay, let's do it." And we got to uh, some school that were, uh, they teach you in the morning and in the afternoon you go and you jump. And they, there's nobody with you. You just have like a, uh, a little radio attached to your uh, equipment. And they you. tell you. Wait a minute. And teach, they say, they teach you? I got like a two minute speech. And then let's go. Okay. So you actually. Oh, no, no. They, no, they, they teach you, but you go alone. You know, they say, okay, uh, you got to do this, you got to do that, uh, pull on this, pull on that, pull up, uh, right, okay. whatever. Okay. And uh, one of the guys actually from the bar broke his leg, uh, landing. Ooh. And uh, that was my first, first time. That was way back in Montreal. But after that, when I got there, Ariel uh, said, you know, uh, I'm doing a crazy sign. And uh, on the beach, you know, there's this Brazilian party going on uh, right before lunch. And he, he puts on like, Again, an hour of crazy science, the Brazilian music. And there's just, a, he takes out the uh, fire hose and he waters people and there's mud and it's just crazy. And of course, there's some drinks and all. And in the middle of that, there's a target. And what happens is that he would, somebody would be on the mic. I don't remember exactly who. And then he just, Oreo would land from the sky right on the target uh on the beach for the party and start the party and all and at one point he says you're coming with me we're going to do this and i'm like sure <laughs> sure crazy enough i'll do it and we went to this place in this airport and this this is an old russian plane we're talking it smells like gasoline it smells like <laughs> it's uh I, i'm not i wasn't even, i'm not even sure if it was you know if this was going to take off or not yeah so and every every, every sign it? every sign is telling you yeah. not to do this right okay <laughs> Exactly. And I'm in there, you know, and Oreo stayed 
And he said, okay, I'll be waiting for you down there. You just follow what, uh, what the guy tells you and you'll be fine. And I said, okay, you know. And at one point you realize when you're up there that you're actually wondering if it's safer, if it's not safer just to jump because this thing's going to crash. It's, <laughs> this is yeah. an old, old Russian plane from the Cold War. I don't know exactly where it's from. And I said, okay. And at one point the guy says, okay, you jump. And I go out there and every fiber of your body tells you not to let go of the plane, you know, because you got to climb out first so you don't hit the propeller, I guess. Or <laughs> I don't know exactly. And then uh, on the wing of the plane and then hang on and then let your feet go. And then after that, you just, when it tells you, you let go. And funny, interesting enough is that everything looks so small. It looks like a maquette. You know, it looks like a small, it doesn't look real. Uh, you're up there and the island itself, the colors of, uh, you see Cuba, the colors of Cuba, the, the water and all, it didn't look real. And there's a lot of golf, uh, golf courses. It didn't look real at all. It looked until you get closer and closer and closer. And then you start seeing cars moving and people moving and you're like, Oh, okay. Uh, I see where I'm at. And then you got to land on that target. I landed close to the target. And I didn't break anything, and that was amazing. <laughs> that was a great nice. experience, but scary. Like I said, you gotta come out. You gotta you gotta come out of your comfort zone and just try new things. I've always been. Oh, sure, I'll do it. You know, right. stupid me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, I see by your your list here, you worked in Cancun. So you must have crossed paths with Uncle Larry. Can I have your favorite Uncle Larry story? Yes. Uh, when I was working in Cancun, I uh, I met this uh, specimen. Uncle Larry, and uh, with his cowboy hat and uh, boots. And uh, I remember because I, I, Hammer was the chief of village. Fantastic. And you just outstanding chief of village. And strangely enough, he was friends with Aureo. <laughs> but anyways, Hammer uh, told me, he says, okay, well, we're going to do a GM show. Steve, we're going to do a GM show, but please, uh, you know, just uh, be careful for Uncle Larry. I don't want anything, uh, you know, I don't want any problem with him. So please. I said, okay, sure, I'll take Uncle Larry. And then, uh, and we did the, the skit where uh, I sing, I start singing since I sang. It was a good thing. I would sing yesterday from the Beatles and just uh, pre recorded with a bow tie and a jacket and all. And then somebody would come, you know, that skit from backstage and say, hey, hey, see, see, uh, you got my jacket. And then he would rip off the jacket. And then the other one comes afterwards. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then takes off uh, the shirt, the pants, and you're left with a bow tie in your underwear. And then, I had Uncle Larry, of course, with the towel around uh, his hips. And uh, normally what happens is that you, uh, he goes, Steve, Steve, and you go, oh, no. And then you run off stage and then it goes black, yes. all the lights. You sort of let go of the towel a little early, let's just say, <laughs> uh, for that one. And, uh, and we got a lot of complaints. So the next day I was, Amherst says, come to my office. <laughs> okay, wow, what's going on? And he says, yeah, well, you know, that can happen. I said, yeah, he says, you know, I got people complaining because it's, uh, it's uh, Uncle Larry. I said, yeah, yeah, I understand, I understand. Uh, but I, you can't control the guy. And, uh, no, no, no. He, he was just, he was just a, a character. And yeah. he came in and he apologized, bought me shots and drinks. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he felt sorry for it. But, you know, if he was going to do it the next day, he would have done it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, also in that uh, same resort, uh, Hammer, Hammer started a, a band, right? And you were lead singer. Is that, right? Is that true? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Amir, I heard Amir was just outstanding because the, uh, I remember when I showed up for sailing and sailing wasn't open because we didn't have a permit, uh, in Cancun. Uh, I think, I think he was in the process of getting it and, uh, he was working with a Mexican authority and says, meanwhile, we're going to create this thing called the, uh, it's going to be the animation squad guys. And, uh, I'm going to have a bunch of people 
and you're going to do animation because we don't have an animator and everybody's in charge. Animators should not be a position. It should be everybody's business. And he was very smart. I really liked the, his way of thinking. And I said, oh, this is good. And he says, also, I'm going to create a band because I got anybody plays instruments. So I had one guy who played the guitar and uh, I had uh, Patrick uh, who played, who was a sound engineer uh, from uh, Montreal. And he, uh, he actually works for Cirque du Soleil now. Amazing guy. And uh, he played the bass really well. And uh, we said, okay, let, let, let's rehearse, see what we can come up with, you know? And uh, we came up uh, with a set of songs and we rehearsed a little bit backstage and uh, it was just crazy. We would play those songs around around the bar at, at the hour and it, it, you've never seen a crowd going crazy like this. And it, it was just like dancing. We had the back, it was, this was in, uh, in 2000. So we had Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, the Californication and that sort of thing. Uh, we would sing that around the bar and they were recent songs. And uh, of course I threw in for Hammer because we liked it, uh, Brown Eyed Girl. Uh, he really liked that song from Van Morrison. So I would sing that and lots of different songs. It was, it was just a great time. And we were like uh, rock stars for a minute, you know, like uh, I come in. All right. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's go back a bit because I, yeah. I, I think you're one of the only geos I've had on that worked aboard the club med one. So you were there in 98. Now, when I, when I was starting, I always said, I don't want to go to Sam Piper and I don't want to go on the boat. However, in uh, 1999, it's cheaper sport in Bodrum, Turkey. It was in port. We went aboard now, and I totally changed my mind. So did you uh, not mind going aboard the Club Med 1, or you really wanted to go aboard it? Back then, I was a boutique geo. Uh, boutique geo, I figured, okay, on the boat, uh, why not? Uh, there's a boutique, I'll go on the boutique. And it's like a duty-free boutique, So, which means when you get to a port, uh, you have the local authorities coming on board, and they put a seal on the door. You cannot open, you cannot sell anything. So I can't work. <laughs> so I couldn't do anything. So they figured, okay, uh, you're going to do something else. So you're going to help out with other things, or you just have time off and you go and visit. Uh, so I spend most of my time visiting uh, the islands. And now you say, I, I, so were you, was this a Caribbean route? Yeah, the Caribbean route. And then we crossed the Atlantic. I did the cross Atlantic, I came to Europe. I did the European route, and then we crossed the Atlantic again. We even, uh, at one point, uh, the boat was rented out by a, by a company, an insurance company, and we had, it was empty, so we sold empty, and we went to get all these people because they rented the boat for a special anniversary. We sailed uh, to Panama to go and get them, and uh, they came on board, and they had the party and all, and we were in charge of regular animation and all on the boat, and... Uh, uh, and visiting the islands with them. And, and I remember because at one point there was, that was when the Montserrat, uh, there was a, uh, an island volcano? and the, the volcano erupted. And at the same time, we also had, they rented the boat because also there was a, an eclipse, uh, wow, okay. a, solar, a solar eclipse. So we had the solar eclipse and the only thing you could see on the ocean was the little red line coming out of the volcano of uh, lava. And it was just one of those moments in time, you know, like where you're like, Wow, I'm here. <laughs> you know, I'm here to witness this. This is just amazing. Well, you mentioned Panama. Yeah. Did you have to go? Did the boat have to go through the canal at all, or no? Uh, yes. Yes. How, lo did. how long does that take to go through, roughly? Oof, I don't remember. I don't okay. remember going through the canal so much. Oh, okay. Uh, we had we had a storm. We had different things uh, on the boats. Which, well, you also uh, we were you in also uh, crossed paths with the Club Med too. Is that correct? Like you, you yeah. Crossed crossed in the yeah. uh, how, how that must be cool no <laughs> you got your information right 
<laughs> yes, we got the uh, Club Med 1 and Club Med 2 met at one point because Club Med 2 was taking over the route from the Caribbean and Club Med 1 was going to Europe because it was going to be sold, uh, like most of my villages. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. was, it was closing. And uh, we were going back to Europe, so we crossed that. And uh, we were, uh, I think, in Barbados. And we boat ships were at the dock. And we got to we, we got a picture taken with both crews on the dock. And uh, I also I <laughs> crazy enough I went out there with the security boat with the people from and I took some pictures of the two boats uh, sailing together. They were well we're not we're not supposed to say it probably but they were they were racing <laughs> <laughs> at one point just to uh, on the ocean and the uh, but, uh, yeah it was the uh, it turned out to be a ama- an amazing picture. And uh, I sent it to, they, they put it on the cover of the Geo magazine because they asked me for it at one point. And it was oh, a picture nice. I took. And I yeah, yeah, it was just really, really, really nice. And the uh, great memories from that. And uh, and the boat was was just something else. <laughs> right. It's not a, it's not like a, reg- a regular Club Med village. But what was nice is that from my experience working at Club Med in the other village, I wanted to get involved, so I started doing excursion, and I was a guide to, uh, to certain islands to uh, with people just translating from English to French for the French French DM. So I would I would just be the translator, and I did the uh, the helicopter as well. That was in Barbados, and I would I would be flying in a helicopter in the front, and you had like uh, four or five GMs in the back, and I would be translating uh, what the guy was saying. And I suspect the guy was drunk a couple of times. <laughs> he flew the, the, the helicopter in Barbados. Yeah, it's kind of funny. All right, let's yeah. let's jump to um, chief of sport. So at one point, you yes. want to be a chief of sport. Does do you have any? Was there a chief of village that had to back you at all, so to speak? Um, or or no, you just uh, you just said I want to do the chief of sport, and someone in Paris said, okay. Now, did you do an official stage? Uh, for chief of sports, no stash, no, no, no stash was needed. No okay. stash for chief of sports. So I didn't, uh, I didn't do much. Uh, I, I became a land sports geo at one point because you have to do that in order, yeah. you know, that was the yeah. route to become. And I was working with Red, Red and Boone. Can you? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> no, it was just, uh, yeah, yeah. Those were crazy seasons. We had that, we had an amazing team. We had, which, uh, uh, which, you know, uh, which, which uh, season was this with Red and Boone? Was it Cancun? That was in Cancun, yeah. Cancun, okay. Cancun with Red, Boone, Scott Smith, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, okay, I, can't, I, I can't ask you for any stories with those characters. Um, but, but, so, <laughs> but was it, were they not doing a Chief of Sports stage at the time? Because that's pretty rare that you don't have to do one, right? Yeah, I, I I've never done one, so I don't know. I just became sort of naturally became a cheapest sport. No, that's uh, that's. I, I think that. that's the way it should be because as much as fun yeah. as I I had on mine, I I can't. I didn't learn really anything. You learn more on the job. So I mean, yeah. I mean, other than a nice trip to Opio, I mean, what you didn't get, uh, <laughs> you know. No, uh, I didn't get that. Okay, but that that's good because you you already knew the job. You were doing the job, and yeah. Um, yeah, so then the Punta Cana, you kind of did chief of sailing, chief of sports, right? And then officially, That's right. f- officially, your first village was Paradise Island, right? Like chief of sports, where you only—that's the only job you were doing, right? The only job I was doing, yeah. The uh, I became uh, under Youssef uh, Youssef Barry, uh, mm-hmm. not a great gentleman. I, I crossed 
some amazing people. I tell you, uh, now that now that we're talking, I'm just remembering all the names of all the people, and I'm like, wow, those are amazing people. And the uh, UCF says, okay, you got promoted. I got a letter saying I was chief of sports, and I became chief of sports in Paradise Island. I was with Karim Farge, and uh, I was uh, I was doing chief of sports, and it, it's hard because you you learn how to manage people. That I, for me, I, I I felt like an imposter. You know, you, you ever had that feeling where you're like, you feel like you're not up for the job, sort of. <laughs> like I was a boutique geo for crying out loud. I didn't do much sports before. You know, I'm chief of sports and I'm in charge of organizing things and and that had to do with sports, sports related events, and but a lot of it has to do with uh, presenting shows and uh, helping uh, becoming the assistant chief of it, sort of and. Uh, I quickly realized that the, those were my strong points as well. So, yeah. yeah, and also making sure your your geos are in their activities and you don't have to cover yeah. for them for two hours in circus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. sounds no. like uh, you have yeah. some interesting stories. Yeah. There. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm here. I'm here for your stories now. Yeah. Okay, so from '96 to 2005, you know, you're you're a guy from Montreal. I'm sure you're like me. You don't like winter. You love summer. That whole time you're in the summer and oh oh boom you go to Crested Butte. Now did you request uh, request uh, Crested Butte or is it because you went to switch to leisure manager? I wanted to switch to leisure manager. I was working uh, at a at, you know like they have stash but they send you for a couple of weeks but they don't say anything. They don't say you say okay okay wait so you stuff. did do a you did do a stash for leisure manager for leisure manager yeah where, but where, not for chief of sports. Where, where in France was that? In Vitel. So they, okay. uh, yeah, they, they, they were crazy, uh, crazy ways to send you there. Because they, uh, I was, I remember, I was in the Bahamas with uh, what was his name? Jesus, uh, sorry, I'm <laughs> you're probably going to hear this. Well, and say, well, uh, well, Karim was the chief in Paradise. Is that is that what you're talking about? Yes, with Karim, but uh, there was another geo that became also uh, Nicola, Nicola Gera. Okay. And uh, Nicola was Nicholas was uh, was sent with me, so we we're traveling together all the time. So when we go from the village in the Bahamas to Nassau, Nassau to Miami, spend the night in Miami, from Miami to New York, New York all the way to Paris, Paris, then take the train, go to Vitel for the formation. For uh, So that, that, that yeah. was just crazy travel. That sounds, that's, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Let's go the long so, way instead. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I think they were using air miles or something and that they got free tickets and that's how they... Uh, manage your travel so yeah that was that was pretty extensive and same in detail i learned about uh, the french culture a lot and i liked it quite a bit and did your uh, did your accent change at all at any point uh, over the years well it, no? it's changed now yeah my english okay. is not as, as well yeah speak, well yeah well yeah now you live in paris but yeah no i'm saying like your uh your did your when you were speaking with french did your quebecois ever accent ever change to french at all uh, it's always there. <laughs> oh, okay. it's always there. All right. Now, now you get to Crested. Were you like, oh no, yeah. win winter snow? Or are you like, oh, at least I, I can snowboard? I don't, I don't ski. I figured, oh. well, you know, I didn't know, I, I didn't know how to sell. And I went uh, as a, I became chief of sailing at one point. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like I said, okay, I can't ski. Maybe I'll become a uh, chief of ski. I don't know. And, um, and no, uh, I just, uh, I was a leisure management and, uh, I had to oversee, uh, actually it, it, that's when they teach you about the business part as well as to, uh, you know, the ski rental, the ski school has to make a certain amount of money a year and, uh, you're in charge of the budgets and all. So, you know, it's it's like the higher I got in this in in, in the company, it, the, the further away I got from what I really like, which is 
you know, being with the people and being a geo. The business side of it was less enjoyable. And uh, when I was, it's, it, it's not of, uh, my best season uh, when I was there. Uh, the chief of village was Joey Templin, amazing chief. It's so kind, so nice. And, uh, but I learned a lot. I learned so much over there about uh, the business part, how it worked. And we had some amazing times as well and memories and, and the geo team. It's a different type of team. You manage people that, that, that are ski instructors certified ski instructors from France, you know what I mean? You can't teach them anything. So uh, you got you to gotta approach it differently if you want to manage these people. You got to, you know, you got to say, okay, well, you know, I'm here. Uh, teach me, show me. And uh, and yeah, and they, they did. And they, they were very, very kind to me. So Okay, let's take a funny story break because I understand you have a Norm story, Norm Siegel. Yeah, Norm well, Siegel. I've never, I've never <laughs> heard this one, so... <laughs> This is a problem. Ah, Norm, you told me right. Okay. Oh, Norm, a bunch of bunch of stories with Norm. He became a real friend. Well, give, me, somebody give, me, who, uh, give me your best your best one with Norm. Well, Norm, uh, it's not so much a funny story, but it's just okay. a conversation I had with him. Okay. Uh, where uh, Norm was uh, at one point, I was I was doing land sports. I was in Cancun, and uh, we would play volleyball. You know, pool volleyball, and I love to win pool volleyball because the way I would do it is that people would have drinks, put it on the side of a pool, and then we go stop, stop. Let's go have a drink. Okay, then take a sip. And then, okay, we go back. And everybody before they, uh, they served uh, had to say their name or something. And, you know, we'd create uh, like a fun, okay, say your name and where you're from. Say your name and uh, something funny or what you like, you know. And, and they would, uh, they, then they would serve and everybody would be laughing. And at the end, it was just crazy. And those, those pool volleyball games, I got, I got a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people in that pool. And, um, and Norm was enjoying it a lot. And Norm was staying two weeks. He, as he usually does in Clamette, he stays a couple of weeks. And at one point, at the end of the week, he came to see me and he says, uh, okay, he says, this week, uh, you're doing volleyball. Let's go, let's go, let's do it again. And I said, I tried, but there was nobody. And there was nobody in the pool. And Norm was like, oh, well, this point, he says, oh, come, uh, I don't understand. I said, Norm, that's the thing about when you're a geo is never two weeks are the same. And you can't try to recreate this, the, the previous week. Uh, it's different people. You got to enjoy the people that are here this week that are different from the people that were here last week. And uh, they're just moments in time. Enjoy them while, while, while you have them with those people. But you got to move on to the next week with other people and mingle. And he, and he did, and he did. And he finally came around and, uh, and met other people and made new friends and, and the magic work. And uh, that was, that was just one of uh, the amazing stories. And as I was explaining this to him, I was realizing this as well. And that, that was a breakthrough moment for me. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And, and in 2006, you go to my favorite place in the world where Clement sent me three times for two and a half years. Columbus Isle, Bahamas. So uh, I guess other than the boat, were these the nicest geo rooms you ever had? Because uh, or a chief of service room, I guess. Because now you're uh, Columbus. Columbus. Mm, they were nice rooms. They were uh, yeah. very humid, but yeah, very very nice. I, I, the place is so beautiful. Yeah. And right by my room, I don't know if you got that since you went there three times. Uh, <laughs> the uh, but there's there's the the birds at one point are nesting. And when they're nesting, they, they protect their nest. They're up in the palm trees. Oh, yes, they, yes, they, yes. They, they attack, they attack yeah. your hair. Yes, yeah, they do. The <laughs> and you have, you have to defend yourself with the towel. Yes, well, <laughs> we were at the sea center, and I would get GMs to watch because geos would come from the room past that. There used to yeah. be a bar, a barn or something where, where our tree is now, I guess. 
And some of the geos didn't know what was about to happen. So we'd be drinking and, and just watching the, the birds swoop down. Uh, I used to carry a basketball, nice. a basketball trying nice. to, when he dove for me, but they were smart. And you're proud of that? You're proud of that, Greg? Yes. I never, I, I never, the, the, ball, the ball was just to not have it attack me, but they would go, they would go down to the horizon so you couldn't see them. They're very smart. And then they yeah. hug, hug the horizon and come right at your forehead, and uh, a few geos got picked yeah. right, right in the forehead. So oh, uh, I got I got picked on my head going back to my room all the time, and they were oh, just, oh, re uh, oh really? Because they're, they're nesting, yeah. And I would I, I would have to carry a towel and go like, you know, do the the, the whipping <laughs> with the towel to try to get them. And I oh. did get one, I, I hit one once, but they oh, just okay. uh, oh, it's a towel, right? Crazy, yeah, with the towel. Because oh. they, they were like they were attacking your hair with the you, you, the claws, you know, the claws there you can feel them in your head. They're like yeah. uh, they're, they're very oh, vicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if, yeah, and if not, you're you're in the pool, and the uh, the iguanas go for a swim in the pool, and then uh, I don't yeah, know, I don't know if Jean Paul still had his chicken his chickens by the sea center when you were there, but <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, no, we didn't have that. <laughs> All right, then you go to no, but it, sorry, go ahead. Ger no, Gerbaladus afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. where is that? Is that in Tunisia? That's in Tunisia. Yeah. Okay. What was that like? Uh, that was that was that was very different from everything I knew. That's the thing about Summit, and I, uh, that's why I remember what I told Norm is that also for me it applies to me as well. It's like different seasons for different people, and going to different places, and you can't expect uh, your season in Gerbaladus to be like your season in Cancun uh, with the crazy people I had. You know, it's, it's just you got to embrace uh, the culture and the people that were there, and uh, I did. I made a lot of friends when I was there, and. It's just a beautiful village, and we're at the point. Oh yeah, that was the um, the, the renovation because they decided to, you know, obviously some of the village I worked at closed because they sold them, and they decided to reinvest some certain village that they were going to keep, and then build new ones that were four stars and up. That was the uh, during that period, and they uh, they built in the middle of the village this brand new part, very modern, very luxurious uh, rooms and all, and then on the other end of the you have the old old houses from uh, from Club Med from way back in the 70s, you know, and they just painted them blue and white and made them a little nicer. And uh, it, it was just, it, it was hard, like, being in the middle of that because you got you to gotta deal with both, like, the past Club Med and the new Club Med. And uh, those were, uh, that was really funny because I remember we were opening that part in the middle, you know, the, the hotel, uh, very nice, uh, luxurious, and then they, they had just finished building it, and yet Henri Giscard d'Estaing was coming. And uh, with also the one of the presidents of Tunisia, the uh, tourism uh, uh, president, I don't know what uh, was coming. And then the um, we had we had to order like camels and and people playing music, local music, you know, it was a big fiesta. And then we're wondering where's Henri? Where's Henri? Henri was out late the previous night. He showed up. He's just he's amazing because Henri Ciscardesin showed up with a polo that was wrinkled. Uh, with a jacket over over it and no socks and shoes and he just he hit it like a king he was like hi welcome i'm Henri Giscard d'Estaing blah 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 and his voice he just wow he, he takes it away you know right away and uh he met with the, and we were supposed to uh to have the, to have them visit three of the new rooms and at one point as we're doing it you know i'm opening the the doors and i go to one of the rooms they're supposed to visit and there's uh one of the pipes that broke and it's black water coming out in the room <laughs> and I'm like, uh, we're not going to visit that one. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one, you know? And, uh, just, uh, it, it was just funny. It was just, uh, it, it's a sketch. Yeah, that was a funny story as well. in uh, in, in that village in Gerbaladus.
but uh, amazing beach and people and it was just so peaceful and quiet and in the morning sometimes from my room you would hear like the the prayers you know the morning prayers the, the call for the morning prayers you hear them from uh, from afar and uh it wakes me up in the morning and it, it just it's so exotic you're over there and it's it's just it, forget everything you know <laughs> and uh just absorb it it's just uh, a really nice village uh, so uh, tell me, Steve, did you ever come across like groups like Olivia or Atlantis while you were working in Clement? Yes, when I was in Clement Cancun, uh, we did Olivia when I was in Columbus, and we did uh, actually uh, Atlantis when I was in Cancun, okay. and uh, it, those were like some of the most fun weeks we've ever had. Uh, we had Boone, we had everybody, uh, Scott Smith, uh, you name it, between those weeks. And, and Fit, Fit, Fitin, I don't know if you know him. I uh, yeah, I, I, and, yeah uh, I know who he is. Yeah, amazing guy. And uh, he organized, he says, guys, guys, guys. And he, 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 he just, he's just a, a crowd gatherer, you know, and he wants to do things. And he's like, guys, guys, guys. He convinced the whole team to do uh, a striptease, uh, all the guys on stage. So we were there with black hat, bow ties, and black pants that we would rip off, you know, and just be in a, our underwear and whatever on stage for uh, a group of Atlantis. And they really, really enjoyed it. And it, it really helped break the ice, you know, and make it like, okay, this is Kamed. Uh, you rented out the place for uh, for the week. Have fun. We're there. We're here for you. We're, we're going to enjoy it. And have this is a big party. And that was one of the most fun weeks uh, in Club Med, really, honestly. It's, uh, you know. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. There was there were the phone parties and it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's what I hear. I unfortunately I, I never got the chance to work with an Olivia yeah. or Atlantis, but yeah, that's that's what I hear. It's an amazing week. They uh, close out the resort, and it's just Atlantis people that are there, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, now, uh, sir, since you've been so kind with your time, what are uh, I don't know if you think about this over the years, uh, but what um, what are the three things you miss the most about Club Med? <laughs> The people, uh, basically, the I, I I miss I miss my friends actually. I miss uh, it was like uh, a lot of a lot of those people that I still you know thank God now we have internet and we keep in touch and uh, it, it's fun and I I hear from one from the other and also throughout your uh, wonderful podcast and uh, I hear where people are at and uh, and get to connect with them. But just those people, it's just we're a big family and. For me, some of them, I remember at one point I was not feeling too good in Paris, leaving a message uh, on Facebook and, uh, you know, I was going through a divorce and all and it was bad. And I got so many positive messages from uh, from what I call my brothers, you know, like people that, that I've been seeing for years, but they're there. They're like, hey, you come over and uh, you come over to my place and uh, we'll make it right, you know, and whatever. And just amazing people. That's, that's what I miss the most. Uh, I guess the traveling as well and... Uh, and probably those moments in time, you know, you always have them. I still have them today, moments in time. I call them moments in time. Uh, you, you mentioned it in your podcast when you were sitting on the Red Sea and yet you just have one. It's a moment. It's a moment. It's a capture of a moment in time. You can never repeat it. You can never do it again. Uh, you just got to live and enjoy it. And it's like everything falls into place at that one particular moment. And it's just perfect. And uh, those moments in time, uh, some uh, some of them, a lot of them, I had in Tom Med, and uh, it's just memorable with with those amazing people I work with, you know. Yeah, I could not agree more. And as we said in your uh, your intro, you are still in uh, hospitality and tourism. You're a hotel manager manager in Paris. So yeah. that's, that sounds pretty cool, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Well, you know, I figured what else am I going to do? 
I like people. <laughs> I say, uh, and I have a different approach. You know, well, you don't see it so much on the picture now, but I have like sort of long hair. I have a skull ring and bracelets and tattoos. And uh, uh, but I'm a different type of hotel manager because I use a lot of what I learned in Club Med. I'm meaning in welcoming people and make them feel special and at home. I do that in my hotel, even though it's a four-star hotel, and uh, people don't don't realize how important it is, you know, especially after the COVID thing, uh, where people didn't speak to other people for a year, didn't see anybody for a year, a year and a half, two years. And you know what, now and now it's very important to talk with them and exchange with them and offer your difference and enrich yourself from other people's difference, you know, and that's what I did when I was at GEO and, and that's what I continue to do now. And that's one way I can get, I can find what I had in Club Med is through, uh, to my contact with the people. That's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now, you know, because I, I, otherwise I'd be, uh, well, I'm, I'm still an artist. I still play music and I, I, I give, uh, I teach drawing and, and painting to, to other people, but that's, you know, uh, that's another part of me. But I mean, uh, for, uh, you know, you got to earn a living and might as well do it with, with people. I like people. <laughs> I'm a people person. I would say. And was there any point in your life where you thought you would ever own two chickens? No idea. Okay. <laughs> you want to mention the chickens? All right. <laughs> well, all right. Do you want to go there? You want to go there? I love no? chickens. I mean, I think it's so no. cool that that you what? that I guess, I guess where you live is kind of reminds you of Club Med, or no? Or am I or am I wrong? Yeah, I went through a divorce. wasn't the right person. I met somebody else who's a musician. Uh, she's a pianist. She's wonderful. Uh, she's everything. And we, after three months together, we bought a house. We bought a house outside Paris and it's a large house. It's an old farmhouse that's been renovated, sort of modern. It's uh, from the 18th century. Uh, it's got a pool, a big pool in the backyard and a jacuzzi. And, and I got eight palm trees. Uh, it looks like Club Med. <laughs> it's like a mini Columbus house. It's like my cocoon. It's oh, like my nice. mini Club Med. And uh, we have a large garden as well. And uh, in the garden, we decided for, for the kids to put like chickens. So yes, I have two chickens. I have a cat. I have a dog. I have a hamster. And uh, we have fishes. We have a pond with fish as well in the garden. Oh. It's, uh, it's quite big. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome anytime you, you, you well, come by Paris. You can stay uh, with us. Are there still pool games at 12 o'clock around your pool? <laughs> if you want, we'll do, okay. beach, we'll do uh, the, the pool volleyball. Yeah, that one sounds good. Take a drink. <laughs> Serve the bar, take a drink. Take a drink. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do have a big bar. I guess that's also uh, leftover from Thumbnet. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. um, I, I have a big bar, but I'm, a, I'm more of a whiskey person now. As I used to do uh, Jägermeister and uh, oh, all yeah, kinds yeah, of yeah, and, and, <laughs> and stuntmen for ah, and Boone. Boone yeah. Thank you, Boone. Thank yeah. you, Boone, for the stuntmen. Yes. Tell you that much. Where you never thought you would be putting tequila into your eyeball. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I never thought. I never. I never thought of tequila as yeah, to you, uh, you know, for, for that use. But yeah. You think, yeah. You think it goes into your mouth and it would not go anywhere else, but. <laughs> oh yeah, but those uh, yeah, like a daddy owns it went everywhere. But I mean, yeah, uh, yeah in the <laughs> eyes as well. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, oh, but... Steve, Steve Tafan, before before I let you go, am I forgetting to ask you anything? Like, because you know this has been pretty amazing, all your stories. But I don't want to let you go unless you know if I, if I forgot to ask you something or something you want to say. Uh, please, please tell me. No, I just I just want to mention a few people, if you don't yes, mind. If yes, you please, have time. please. But there's a lot sir. of them, so I'll go real fast. There's okay. a Pepe Pepe Mexican Geo from Cancun, my brother. Uh, Jamie. There's Chris Lane, Boone, Red, Scott Smith. Uh, I met Sparrow, Jenner, Cheese, Julie Keeley. I, I'm going to forget a lot of people. Fit, Fitian, Joker, 
Barbara Bertanza as well, Vlad, you know, famous Vlad. Uh, yeah. He was supposed to get, he was the one who was like giving me the permit for the word sailing. Eduardo Roas, uh, Mike Myers, uh, good friend, Maria Torres, Gonzo, Angel, Crystal, LP, Martin Gagnier, painter, amazing set designer, uh, Mike, famous Zorro. Uh, Patrick Burke, you know, all these people that I work with, Philippe Perron, you know, and there's too many, I'm going to forget. You know, oh, no, no, I know, I know you can't. Valles, and all these people that, you know, they were, they're part of my story. They're part of uh, who I became and and they're part of my, uh, you know, the right. They, they were along for the right. Kevin Lennifer, John Oswald, Jim Donnelly, Gary Stevens, my brother, my brother from another mother, Greg as well, Giovanni, Lobo from Traffic, I remember. Uh, Hammer, of course. Hammer, I can never think enough. Hammer, is, uh, I know a lot of people mention him, but I don't think people realize uh, how much of an impact he was uh, and he still is on Club Med and, and, and making it what it was and what it is. You know, he's just, uh, he thinks differently. He's a different kind of breed. Love that guy. Uh, Philippe Sherlin, Philippe Pellon, of course, my brother. Uh, Ollie Ossan, God bless his soul. You know, he uh, passed away, but... Uh, all these people you meet and they're all part of your life. And the, uh, for me, it's very, very important that, you know, if, if ever they come in Paris, they come, come and stay with me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds, uh, he, he, you sound you like know. you have, you have room. Yeah. yeah. I have room. I have a big house, I have a big, big house, but it's not paid for. Mind you, it's okay. not paid for. So I okay. still got to work another 20 years to pay it, but yeah, but it, it, it's comfortable. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if ever these guys are around, they're like my brother. It's, it's a funny thing about them. It's like, you, know, you meet all these people and you don't see them for 10 years, but the minute you'll see them again, it's like you never left, you know, it's like you, they're still your brothers. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it's just a funny thing. And that's that, when I said, I really miss the people. I really miss those people all, and other people that I didn't mention, but unfortunately I can't name everybody in that, uh, oh, no, that's... that short period of time, but it's it just, uh, you know, we have 42 friends in common. I think that just goes yeah. to show you. Exactly. <laughs> and we, we met, we met briefly. We met yes. briefly, uh, <laughs> this season. so that, you know, it's just, uh, that's the way it goes. And each each story is different, I guess, and uh, mine mine's mine, and uh, I, I I assume it, and I, I I my story made me who I am today, and I'm very proud, and I'm very glad for it, and I'm very glad for Tomed and uh, what it's taught me, and 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 what it's brought me that I still use today in my life, and I'm so thankful for that, and uh, that's why I think your show is very very important. It makes me realize that. And it made a lot of people, uh, I see, like I mentioned to you, I think before, we'll, we'll talk about it, even though we didn't, we're not supposed to. But the, uh, you, you mentioned it before uh, we got live, is that the same season for another person, uh, I listened to podcasts and we lived it differently because it's different from one person to the other. And it's just, uh, that's just the way it goes. And uh, each story is different and it's important to tell them. Exactly. And thank you for sharing your story uh, with us here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for your opportunity. Well, everyone, I really hope you liked this interview as much as I did. Uh, special thanks to Stefan, Steve, we met, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Say bye, Steve. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you.